As far as the top five things that you never want to hear as a pilot, uh, probably the first one I dislike is when the captain says, hey, watch this. Nothing good ever comes out of that. Uh, secondly, when someone comes in the cockpit and says, hi, I'm from the FAA and I'm here to help. That's never good. Um, number three is when your captain says, you know, I shouldn't have drunk all that cough syrup. That's just, that's not good. And number four, uh, when the controller says, uh, yeah, I have a number for you to call when you land. Are you ready to copy? That's never good. That always puts a lump in your throat because uh, that means you're going to get violated, which is a, a career-threatening thing. Uh, and the fifth thing that uh, an airline pilot uh, never wants to hear is when a passenger says, There's something out on the wing. Awesome. Cardas. Okay, true story. February 2010, I had the misfortune of being asked and agreed to fly on the corporate plane to a trade show from Detroit, Michigan to Orlando, Florida. I don't know, two and a half, three hour flight. We hit a really nasty storm that for the most part of the flight, it beat us up vertically, horizontally, in many ways I'll never want to encounter again. Let me just fast forward. The next day when I got to our event, I had other colleagues that looked at me and said, dude, you flew the company plane? We were getting beat up in the Delta plane in the air flying down last night. How did you guys take it? Yeah, so let's go back the night before. I'm getting jostled around so much, as were the other four passengers, seat belted in, that my head kept hitting the ceiling, which was probably about another two feet from where I'm buckled in, but I'm getting that violently jostled to the point to where I threw up. Fortunately, my boss, who was facing me, looking at me from the tail of the plane, had the quick response to dump her magazines out of this wonderful two-ply plastic bag. She threw it to me and I let it fly. Humiliated, all of that aside, we had at least another hour and a half to two hours still of this mess. It was a cornucopia of crud. And I'll tell you when we landed, I had the misfortune of hearing the two pilots lean into each other as we walked down the stairs and both of them acknowledged to each other that was my worst flight. I'm so happy I was part of that. Okay, so I bring all of this up because I actually have to give it to those two because, you know, they weathered the storm, literally. Got us there because it was, for me personally, I truly, truly, my heart wondered if I was going to make it. It's the only time I've had that experience. I hope to never do it again. I don't wish upon anyone. But this episode of Beyond My Day Job, I'm celebrating the pilots, and I'm celebrating a specific one because our next guest, Garrett White, young guy who I've known for his entire life, just graduated from high school, by the way. But what's even better, just got his pilot license. Stay tuned.
All right, ladies and gentlemen, as I promised, the one, the only, the youth of today, the leaders of tomorrow, I present to you, Mr. Garrett White. Hello, Mr. Lonnie. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Mr. Lonnie, so formal. I've only known you since you were Birth. preconceived. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> How are you today? I am fantastic. How are you? Fantastic. I am sweltering hot here in the South, but um, I bet no complaints. No complaints. (laughs) So, Garrett. Yes. Yes. I was just, you know, maybe that was just an audio check. So, okay. Okay. We're engaged. Yep. All right. For the benefit of our listeners on Beyond My Day Job. Maybe you've got a day job. I don't know. You've, you've, you've got uh, just the beginning of your future jobs ahead of you. But what's your daytime gig before we get into our topic today? Like what I do during my day? Other than video games, yeah. Well, since I before I got my pilot's license, obviously, it was a lot of training that I was doing. So I didn't really have time for a job. But now that I, uh, now that I don't have, like, training to do um i'm just i'm just chilling i'm just chilling don't really do anything i can't i don't have time for a job because i'm off to school here in in a (laughs) few weeks you know so no point in that so oh oh the uh, majestic years i i envy you my friend yep (laughs) (laughs) okay all right so let's have some fun with your uh, thoughts about transportation planes trains or automobiles pick your favorite in order of preference Okay, um, probably planes, then automobiles, and then trains. Okay, let's yep. start with number two. Two, okay. Automobiles. Yep. Tell us the vehicle you own. I have a 2008 Mazda Speed 3 absolute unit. Absolute unit? Yep. <laughs> That's not like a tool? Is that is that complimentary or derogatory? I'm, I'm not tracking. It's 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 just you can throw anything at her and she'll take it. If I'm not mistaken, you have tow hooks on the front of your Mazda three speed. Is that right? Yeah, it's more of like a there's one, yes. The one tow hook, yes. Oh, just one, not yes, even, yes, yes. Right. And so it's even less functional. It's like yeah, yeah, pretty much. It makes it like it gives it that race car vibe, you know, because it's 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 red and it's it's fast. So race car, you know, what's, you've got a couple Instagram handles. What's, what's your Mazda handle that you do on Instagram? It is GS underscore MS3. Got it. And you yep. go out and park the car or go out on pavement. I've seen, uh, yep. go to pictures. car meets and stuff. Yep. All right. Car meets. We have yep. had a previous episode with my friend Bertrand, and he has talked uh, ravenously about some car meets with his car clubs that he's had both in France and the Detroit area. So yep. you two should get to know each other. Yeah, for sure. All right. So automobiles. So why aren't trains up here on the uh, pecking order? Trains um, place last. Because there's a set route where you can go with trains, you know, even with automobiles too, you know, it's only, it's only where pretty much where the roads go, you know, and same with trains, you can only go where the rails go. Um, It's a little foreshadowing coming here. Gentlemen. All right. Okay. So no train. Great. You got your 
Sweetheart Mazda, which you, you've taken quite care of. I mean, you've, you've yeah. done, just real quickly, what kind of enhancements have you done since taking that over from your father? Well, it didn't run. So <laughs> we uh, <laughs> we replaced the clutch, replaced the turbo, did a bunch of other stuff. I lowered it, did a few, um, like, I don't know what you call it, aesthetic mods, you know, to enhance the look, added a front splitter and rear diffuser, um, a few driver mod things, got a new shifter, shift boot. Um, that's about it. Got new uh, rims and tires. Am I not mistaken? Is this the same car that you and your dad and brother yanked the whole engine out of? Yes, yes. And yes, it, it turns out you didn't need to, did you? Nope. <laughs> But it, it was it was it was it was good that we did because there was stuff that we that needed to be replaced that was going to need to be replaced. So it was good that we did. But so. what what was the end result of that? I can't recall. Uh, what do you mean the end result? Like what? Why why wasn't it running that didn't require you to pull the whole engine out? So we got a new alternator, and then six months later, that alternator seized. So we were like, no way, that's the alternator. So um, we went and took it to the Mazda dealership, and they said that they didn't know what was wrong. And then when we took it apart, we found out that the alternator was seized, and that was easy fix. We just replaced the alternator. But the alternator is brand new, so that's why they said that they didn't think that it was that. So. Got it. Got it. Boy, that's a mechanical life lesson. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay, so one other question for you before we get to our core topic here. So give the listeners a sense. So you just finished up your public education career? At high school, you mean? Yeah. Yes, yes, right. I did, yep. Your bona fide senior grad or graduate. Yes, I had my graduation last Saturday. Class of 2020, ladies and gentlemen, one of yes. the most epic, unprecedented school experiences that no human has uh, experienced. Yep. Yes, sir. You had a drive-by graduation? Yep, we did. Honestly, it wasn't that bad. I thought it was really fun. I bet I bet it continues after the, you know, funk leaves our atmosphere, so to speak. I, I bet, you know, that's, yeah. that's, a, that's a nice expeditious uh, commencement ceremony. Yep, it was really fun. How long were you actually, quote-unquote, at commencement? Like, not even 10 minutes. <laughs> I'm actually <laughs> jealous. 10-minute <laughs> yep. graduation ceremony. Yep. It takes me longer to get fast food if I'm in line at lunch for some places in 10 minutes. Exactly. Yeah, get a was... diploma and an extra-large fry. <laughs> yep. It literally was just like a drive through drive through it, except I'm graduating, not getting food. Thank you. Thank you. I bet it feels good. Yep. Feels great. So in between everything, which we're going to uh, shift to, um, no trains. No trains. Digging the cars. Yep. But something ranked first on my opening question to you. Airplanes. Airplanes. Okay. So yes. you mentioned earlier you've been training or whatever. So um, actually, hold on. I'm going to ask you a question that will reveal something. Okay. All right. You asked a girl a certain question recently, didn't I you? I did, yes. I did. Yes. And I asked... what was it that you asked her? 
I asked her if she would go to prom with me. Okay, you had a you had a COVID prom, you know, yes. gifts and singing all that, of course. And and where did you ask her to go to the prom with you? Where specifically did I ask her, or where where was the prom proposal at? No, I can care less. Like where the what what was your seating arrangement? Uh, we were we were uh, fifteen hundred feet above the ground in the air. At an amusement park. Is that the answer you're looking for? <laughs> I may have lost you, so uh, okay. For the listeners, I apologize for the digital blurb here. Um, you were 1,500 feet in the air, and I asked, were you at an amusement park at a tall Ferris wheel? Oh, oh, yeah, that I didn't hear that. That cut out. Uh, no, we were in an airplane. You were in an airplane. Were you like flying Delta commercial? Nope. No, I I rented a plane um, from an airport out in Howell, and we flew, uh, it was about a seven-minute plane ride back to South Lyon, and uh, I had my friends um, spell out prom in the high school parking lot, and I flew over and uh, took a bunch of pictures and stuff. It was cool. Go back me up. You flew over. I Yes, I flew over, and she was, she was in the passenger seat. Yep. Very cool. Yep. Therein lies the point of interest, my friend, my high school graduate acquaintance. You have achieved your pilot license. Yes, I have. Yes. Like, how many weeks old is that license, dude? Uh, right now, it's two and a half weeks. When I asked her, to... like, four days old. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so little point of interest to the parents out there tell me garrett how you convinced another set of parents to let their daughter go up in a plane with you after getting your license four days earlier yeah so that was that was a difficult part okay so my mother she she um she didn't want it to happen but then again like i'm 18 and i'm a private pilot like she can't tell me i can't you know so <laughs> um she highly discouraged it so uh, her mom, the girl I asked her mother, mm-hmm. um, she told me that there's no way that her mom was going to let her do it. And I'm like, darn. Okay. Well, let me talk to her. So I, Double I call time. her, you got, two I call her up saying no dice. Yes. So I call her up and I'm like, hi, you know, can I, can I take, can I take your, I need to ask your daughter to prom. And I was thinking of a really cool way to do that. And I was wondering if I could take her up in an airplane and, you know, I could tell that it was really hard for her, so she told me she needed to think about it. And then she hit me with this this, uh, this quote right here. You have one-third of my life up in your hands because she has, she has two other uh, – a brother and a sister. Okay. So, like, that – you know, that hit me. That hit me hard. So I was like, dang, okay. <laughs> so what difference did that question make? Um, Back out? No, no, she she thought about it and then she eventually said yes, but for me that 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 really didn't tra- change anything cuz I I was pretty confident in my abilities um to not do anything that would put her myself at risk. Yes. Ah, <laughs> oh, amazing. Okay, let's get to the heart of it. Congrats. That's that's pretty unique in terms thank of, you, you know, thank this you. 
this podcast is about high effort hobbies. I think just the effort to get your prom to a yes was you, you probably have a career in sales is, is my prediction. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So by the way, what did, how did she really feel when you took off in the plane? I just want it from a viewpoint of her. So she was, she was excited, right. You know, as, as anyone would be. And she's like a sort of adventurous type of person, you know, but I could tell she was a little ner- nervous, you know, cause it's, I mean, it's not a small plane, like there's room in there, but that's what scared her was that it was uh, a pretty small plane and pretty tight. But so, so for the aviation experts or hobbyists out there, what plane were you flying specifically? I was flying a Diamond DA20. So it's a little two-seater, 125 horsepower um, plane, single engine. So Single engine. So propeller, prop propellers on, yes. the, on yep. the sides or just in the front? Just in the front. Just in the front. Just in the front. Okay. Yeah. All right. So literally only two people. Yes, only only two people. All right. Okay. Because so I've been in a small puddle jumper plane with you a few years back, and that I was nervous. <laughs> and we had professional Dave, you know, flying the plane for us. Oh yes, Iowa. yes, Dave, yes, yes. Going to okay. Isle Royal. Yes, Isle Royal, yep. the, the hardest U.S. national park to get to in the lower forty-eight, and Garrett accompanied me and my son and. Uh, a couple of others on his family, his dad and older brother, and we get to experience a small plane flying over Lake Superior during a pending thunderstorm that uh, the pilot was quite nervous about. Yep. Yep. Fast that, was, forward. that was fun. Seven years later, you're flying the plane now. Yep, absolutely. That's crazy. Okay. So you how long have you been dreaming about doing this what's how, how long has flying a plane been on your list um well i would say i never really knew what i wanted to do up until i was like 16 you know um and then i i don't know if anyone knows this but uh oshkosh it's a really big air show the biggest air show in the world um it's in oshkosh july every there. year what was that where, where is it located uh oshkosh wisconsin Got it. Yep. So it's at an airport out there and people from all over the world fly in and camp out for a week. And uh, my dad and my uncle always, always took me there. And that kind of sparked an, uh, an interest, it, interest, I would say. And then, um, you know, I, I just never really wanted a nine to five office job. So I was, and I'd like want to travel. So I, being a pilot's the best way to do that. <laughs> I dare say, yeah, no, yeah, no office job. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> okay. So, um, how many hours of flying did it take you? So, in, like in two minutes or less, tell us what you had to go through to get the license. So, to get the actual license, I needed to have a minimum of forty hours. I ha- I ended up having fifty. Um, I needed to have ten hours of solo time, which I had like eleven. Um, I needed, I think, three hours of night flight, which I had like five. And then, um, so I got all that done. I had to take a written test, which I scored pretty good on. And then I had to take the oral um, exam with the FAA examiner. And then we took the oral, and then we went for flying, like a flight. Um, and then I passed that, and then he was the one that actually gave me the license. And was he with you during the flight test? Uh, the one I did with him. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, he was. So we did the oral and then he went flying with me. Yep. Okay. I wondered if he was on the ground asking you questions while you were, you know, no, no, he was, birds. he was in the plane with me and he, he was a, he was a big dude. So in that, in that small plane, that was, it was tight. <laughs> I'm just picturing all these cliche images of the driver's ed instructor next to the <laughs> youthful driver. And, you know, they've got their foot on the brake pedal in case, you know, all you know what breaks loose on the yeah did he have any control over you while while flying while so the way that the diamond is set up is there's two seats right next to each other Mm -hmm. and so the yoke is what you call the the stick right um i have one and he has one that's just how the plane's set up um but so he could take control if i was about to kill us but he never did no (laughs) (laughs) okay let's let's role play I'm your uh, air control buddy. You're flying by yourself. And all the engines have gone off. What are you telling me? You mean my engine has failed? Yeah, your engine's failed. You're uh, I'm air control. Well, How do you talk to me? I'd be like, uh, mayday, mayday. And I'd say my tail number, you know? And then I'd say the type of aircraft, whatever. Or I'd say the type of aircraft, the tail number, and then say returning to the the field uh, just had an engine failure, and then there's like a a squawk code that you would squawk if you have an emergency, squawk that, and then yes. That's, so yeah. elaborate on squawk code. So squawk code is like when you're talking to an air traffic like controller. Like pretend you're doing it with they, me right now. I'm the I'm the controller. Talk to me like things are not good. I you like do I say what I just said over again? <laughs> Yeah, like simulate it, like you're in the air right now. Okay. Uh, mayday, 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 Diamond 582 Delta Charlie returning to the field, uh, possible engine failure. What else? Uh, and then they, he would Good say, luck. like, he'd say, like, okay, like, what can I do for you? And I'd be like, I need, I need whatever runway open, he said. Then he would say, okay, uh, Diamond 582 Delta Charlie, uh, runway 28 left, clear to land. And I'd be like, Clear to land, two eight left, and then hopefully I could put it down and not Got die. It. Okay, just like that. Perfect. Yep. <laughs> and put it down. Hey, so I've always yeah. wondered those alphanumeric runway markers that I see at the airports all the time. What are they? It's it's like gibberish. The what, you know, what do you like mean? Like the runway numbers? L one R or you know they're. So that's the magnetic heading. So if it's um, like two eight left, that's that's heading two eight zero. It's rounded though, so like a it, compass I think it's on, like on a yeah. So it's, yeah, so it's, it's a compass heading. Okay. So so two eight two eight would be from uh, two seventy five to two eighty five. That would be Got the it. heading because it's it's yeah. rounded. So. And then 28L, that would be for left, because if, if there's parallel runways, that would be for left versus right, which is an R. Okay. All right. And the green, red, or different lights that I've seen as we land and approach a runway sometimes, I see different light combinations flashing. Off, off, off to the yeah, side, you mean? Yes. They're like a bright, well, kind of, you know, maybe a little vertical off the ground or, you know. So... Those are the, what I think you're thinking of is the pappies, 
Um, it's a it's a precision landing uh, system. So basically, it, if if it's two two reds, two yellows, that means that you're on the glide slope. You know, you're not coming too in, in too low or too high. And if there's three reds, uh, you're too low. If there's four reds, obviously you're way too <laughs> you're low. Upside down. You, you, yeah. Not not upside down, but you're way too low to the ground. Your your angle coming into land is low, and too you'd aggressive. risk okay. you'd risk hitting the terrain. Whatever. Okay. All right. So it's actually so it's so it literally those lights are looking. I it, I assume it's shooting a, a what because it's bouncing back off your nose or your your aircraft. No, actually. So so there's four lights right next to each other, right, and. The light angle, I don't, I don't know how to explain this really. The light angle, so the white, the white, so it's a red and a white light stacked on top of each other. But depending on the angle that you are, like the altitude out, yep, you'll see the red light. But then if you're too low, the way that the red light, there's like mirrors in there and stuff. And the Got way it. that if you're too low, you'll see the red light. You know what I'm saying? I see. So it's static. And it's all red. yes. It's not. It doesn't move. It it never changes. No, you're you're changing. Got it. So the mirrors are then reflecting what you want to or don't want to see based on your angle and altitude. Yes. Yes. Got it. Okay. That's cool. Yep. All right. Okay. Um. So first time you 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 flew by yourself. What 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 were you thinking really? <laughs> Um, the coolest part about being a pilot was the first time that I piloted an aircraft overseas across the ocean. It's a whole, I think it's a whole uh, Charles Lindbergh thing. You know, I can fly an airplane across the ocean successfully and from point A to point B. I think my first uh, flight as a captain uh, going overseas was from Seattle to Tokyo. And I remember landing and thinking, wow. That was pretty cool. I can do this. And somebody actually trusts me to do this. And uh, I don't know, I thought that was pretty cool. Secondly, the worst thing uh, about being a pilot is uh, probably when you screw up personally. I mean, there are things that happen that are outside of your control and you just deal with them as you can. But when you screw up, when you make a mistake and uh, there are lives at stake, um, there's probably no lower point in your career than when you did something that could potentially cost lives and someone else had to save you from it. That's happened to me, it's happened to everybody. Uh, it will happen if it hasn't. And uh, it's just, it's a low point because uh, you know you screwed up and there's really nothing you can do about it except learn from it, hopefully, and uh, never let it happen again. I would go into more detail, but my lawyers uh, don't think that's a good idea. The first time I soloed, I I was like, you know, this is easy. Like, I know what I'm doing, you know? And um, so, and then I'm taking off, you know, and I go, wow, it's like, it's really up to me not to kill myself, right. you know? Like, no one, if, if, if I do something stupid, if I mess up and I don't realize it, or I do realize it, but I've already put myself in a position where I can't save yep. myself, like, there's no one there to stop me, mm -hmm. you know, or, or help me out, you know? So yeah, that was an impact. Survival moment. instincts kind of, you know, are for front and foremost of your mind. Yep. Did you ever get yelled at during 
being in the air with your instructor? Um, I wouldn't say yell that, but yeah, there, there, there's things that that needed touched up upon. You know, <laughs> you're um, being real vague about that one. <laughs> I wouldn't. I know. I wouldn't say I ever got yelled at, but yeah, there's yeah, there's been stuff that I shouldn't have done, and I got told you know like that was dumb you know you can't do that okay so All right got it got it had the dog collar and he shocked you yeah yeah that's a good way to put it <laughs> so okay so i got a line of questions rapid fire quick first thing that comes to your mind i want to freak your mom out a little bit if she listens to this all right you ready scariest yeah. moment during your training um so the like my fifth lesson i'm in the plane taxing out holding short of the runway getting ready for um the the plane that's taking off to get out of the pattern you know and it actually that plane crashed and okay. uh both the pilot and the passenger uh passed away and the, okay so you were watching a plane yes i was holding short of the runway because i i can't go onto the runway until they're it's safe for me to do that. And when they're out of the way and they were, you know, departing and the engine cut out and the pilot stalled the plane and mm. it, um, crashed and it killed the pilot and the, pa- uh, the passenger who's actually a mechanic. Right in front of you. Uh, I didn't see it cause I was looking down, but my instructor oh, saw it. Yes. Garrett. But yeah, I, I looked up and there's just a big cloud of dust at the end of the runway. Oh. So, that was kind of that was kind of like a wow moment, like wow, that could happen to me, you know. What did you guys? What did you do right after witnessing all that? Uh, we heard another plane try to contact them, and then they didn't respond. And then that plane actually called nine one one, and then we were like, okay. So then we uh, turned around and parked uh, the plane okay. because the they closed the okay. runway. Um, and then we actually, me and my instructor got in the car and drove down to the end of the runway and the cops were already right. there and we're like, yeah, we're, we're just going to go back, stay out of their way. Oh. And, um, it, it actually, it didn't, oh, actually, never mind. It did look that, it did look pretty bad. The plane was pretty okay. mangled because it, 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 it basically, it just fell straight out of the air from like 400 feet. I was going to ask how so. high do you think they were when they fell? It, yeah, it was probably like 400 feet or so. So what actually happened with that was the, so the mechanic was actually in the plane and they were going uh, like just for a test mm-hmm. flight, you know, and the mechanic actually, so there's like, like a metal grate for the end tank okay. of the engine and the mechanic bolted the air filter on the wrong side of the, of the, um, that okay. metal grate. So the air filter actually got sucked <gasps> into the engine and it didn't, it didn't, um, you know, be that impactful until that was full throttle on the takeoff, you know, and it got sucked in and then the engine just died and the pilot didn't respond to that in time. And, um, yeah, it cost him and the other guy his life. Wow. That's, yep. uh, that's a wake up call, man. Yeah, uh, it is. Okay. All right. But like we, we trained for that, you know, like we train, like if, if this happens on takeoff, you know, like, what are you going to do? Um, and you like, you tell yourself before you take off, you know, like you do a departure brief, like if what, what happens, what do I do if this happens or what do I do if this happens? And, you know, unfortunately it was his response that, that killed, yeah. you know, it killed yeah. him. So 
yeah, it was human error on, on two levels at least. That's unfortunate. Yeah, wow. Yep. Wow. Okay. All right. Uh, did you question your desire to continue with the class after that? Um, I wouldn't say I, no, I don't think I did. And I honestly, I don't know why. Cause looking back now, I would, I would be like, like, okay, well maybe this isn't like the best thing, but no, I wouldn't say look, I didn't think anything of it really then. Right. So, okay. Um, what on takeoff, I'm just curious because maybe this is my, uh, um, morbid aspect of, of, of interest with, with people in different occupations. What's like the worst sound you could hear in the cockpit if you were taken off? Like, and do they train you on like listening for certain things that, you know, are just, you know, bad indicators? Um, worst sound, probably like the, oh, excuse me, sorry. Uh, <laughs> just like the, the engine just absolutely blowing up. That would not be good. Okay. Um, or if you hit a bird, that wouldn't be good either. Why? Because, well, if you hit a bird, it's probably going to go through the windscreen and get you all bloody. Um, and <laughs> then, or it, might the not, or it might knock you out. Yeah, or yeah, well, probably not that, but, um, and then if the engine blows up, then yeah, you're pretty much, you're screwed. And you don't fly with a parachute on your back, right? No, no. Is there even a parachute in the plane? No, not at all. <laughs> not even an umbrella? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no Mary Poppins land to safety? Nope. But, uh, actually, there, there are some planes that, like if you find yourself in an emergency situation, you can reach up on the ceiling and pull a handle and it'll shoot a rocket out of the back of the plane that has a parachute attached and it'll actually deploy the parachute and take you back down to the ground. It's like a James Bond. Yeah. Western actually, that's the planes they fly. Seriously. Wow. All right. Okay, mom. I know you, obviously your mom knew about the, the incident that you had described uh, yeah. Anything you want to say that you want to freak your mom out that you haven't told her yet that you want to share with the world? Um, you don't. No, not no. I wouldn't say there's really okay. anything. Um. All right. So, got your pilot license. You saw some crazy stuff. Um. Yep. Let's see. College bound coming up. Yep, I am going to Lynchburg, Virginia in about two weeks um, to Liberty University to study, to study aeronautics. five business job stuff? <laughs> nope. Okay, you want to clue us in? What are you going to go study? Oh, uh, I'll be studying aeronautics. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah, crazy. <laughs> Do you already have any college credits as a result of this? Uh, okay. No, I do not. Well, well, y- yes, I do. Sorry. So going in, you know, I would have to get my private's license there. So, but I already have it. So going in, I'll have, I won't have to fly there to get my privates. I will already have Got that. So. Okay. All right. And pilot licenses aren't state, you know, boundary, you know, regulated, so to speak. No, it's federally federally right. regulated. That would make sense. Yeah. Sorry, you can only fly in the state of Virginia. 
<laughs> yeah. Nope. Okay. All right. So what would you sincerely see yourself doing after college? Um, I eventually will probably find my way to the airlines. Um, but I kind of want to have some fun first, you know? So what I really want to do, like top of the list is I want to go fly float planes in the Bahamas. Oh. I feel like that would be, that would be awesome. Yeah, man. Get my, my stash yep, down exactly. to the Caribbean. <laughs> yep, that's what that's the main thing that I want to do before I All die. Right. Great. <laughs> Over the coral blue sea. That is yep. cool. All right. Okay, let's wind down with some uh questions for you. Your all time, whether you've touched it, seen it, uh read about it, whatever, favorite plane. <laughs> Oh, um, probably the F-22 Raptor or the SR-22 Blackbird. Okay, SR-22 Blackbird. Are these both military planes? Uh, yes, both military. So I won't get to fly in one my next trip to Los Angeles. What's that? I, I, I probably won't be in one on my next commercial flight to Los Angeles. No, so I'm at SR-71 Blackbird, but yes, no, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I actually, you know, you remind me of, I, I have a um, friend who um, is a customer of ours and he told me a story where he was out in California with air force. They were his client. He's in the aero air, um, aero and defense industry. Uh-huh. And his wife was pregnant back in, I think the Atlanta area. So he's out in, you know, San Diego area, let's say, and he gets a call. You know, he's out there on the job and his wife says, you know, hey, you know, stuff's going on, you know, baby related. And uh, he says he hangs up the phone and the folks that he was with at the base, they said, what's going on? He goes, well, I got to get back. You know, my wife's, you know, with our baby. And they're like, no problem. Put the jumpsuit on. They buzzed his butt home in about two and a half hours, they said. Southern California to the Atlanta area. And he showed up in the in the pilot jumpsuit at the front door at his house that's crazy <laughs> i thought it was a great story man. <laughs> his wife flipped out but she was she was pretty pleased to see her husband <laughs> that's crazy okay furthest that you've flown um i flew from howell to muskegon that was okay. one of my long cross countries i think that was like i forget that was probably like 130 nautical miles okay all right. And this is in lower Michigan in the USA. Yes. Yep. All right. From Howell to Muskegon. Okay. Which normally be about two and a half hour drive. Yep. Okay. All right. So how, what was that round trip in time duration? Uh, round trip. It was 40 minutes there. And then it was like 50 minutes on the way back because I stopped in Lansing um, before I went back to Howell. Was like get French fries and McDonald's. What? No, I, I just, I landed at Lansing too. That was the requirement I had to do. Got it. Okay. All right. No drive through. Fly through. Fly through. Yep. There you go. <laughs> Dream destination that you'd love to fly to. Oh, um, probably St. Barth's or yeah, wait, I think that's what it's called. St. Barth's. Uh, it's like this, this, uh, there's a little airport somewhere in the Bahamas or 
down down there, you know, in the Caribbean. Um, and the the approach for one of the runways, you're like right coming right over this hill, and then the runway is you know pretty short. So I think I've seen this on the flight simulators. That I've yeah, this gets you, talked about as having one of the world's shortest runways, if I'm not mistaken. I I don't know if it's the shortest, but it's it's just the it's it, the approach to it is really uh, challenging. You know, okay. like you you need you need a special license to be able to fly in there. Hmm. All right. Because what you're coming over the mountains and you got to just drop down and drop yeah, in. you're li- you're like super close to the ground and everything. Ugh. Wow. Man. All right. If you could fly somewhere for lunch, to where would you fly and who would you take? question where would i go given the choice and with whom uh i don't know said something about lunch whatever i'm gonna go to venice um lunch dinner just hanging out happy hour whatever venice italy is the greatest city in the world so much to see uh so many fabulous restaurants and you can sit outside and you have a view no matter where you are i think by the sewage dump is is one of the finer spots to be it's just an incredible city with incredible views Uh, so that's where i'm gonna go of course i'm gonna take my wife uh, because if i don't then i am in trouble and if that is not an option i would prefer to go by myself because i generally just don't like people very much I guess if you make me choose somebody, I would probably go with Bono because I think he's pretty much the coolest person alive right now. Um, what would I order? Fresh pasta, pizza, everything there is good. Um, I just love the city. It's a great place to be. I could fly somewhere for lunch. Huh. I would probably fly... Probably to, yeah, I would fly to Oshkosh with my father. Okay. For for lunch, for lunch, yep. Have cheese curds and beer in Wisconsin, maybe. Me not having beer, no. But my father, yes. Because <laughs> you're flying. Yep. You passed the trick question. Good man. All right. If Top Gun Training Academy in Miramar, California, called you, and they said Garrett, Tom Cruise, and all of his legacy is gone, we need you. F-35s, what's your answer? Absolutely. 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 And what would you expect? Uh, probably a lot of work. Um, <laughs> that'd, be, that'd, that'd be definitely worth it. That'd be so cool. That and a lot of Kenny Loggins music over <laughs> in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, he may be laughing because I don't know if he gets that joke from the 80s, but I'm going to trust that he does. <laughs> Or Berlin. <clears throat> okay, I, di- I digress. All right. So, last question, Garrett. Your advice for the chickens out there, not animals, people, who are thinking of stretching their, you know, wings and dreams into doing something like this, like learning to fly, what would you tell them? Uh, well, here's a little quote for you. Um, Ooh, all right. One mile of highway in a car can only take you one mile. One mile of runway gives you the whole world. <laughs> I love that. I've never heard that. I, that's not that, that's not my quote, but it's a uh, it's that's I don't know who it's from, but it's uh, it's actually hanging up in the uh, the uh, flight school lobby. 
Let's say it again. Let's hear it again. Uh, one mile of highway in a car can only take you one mile, but one mile of airport strip can take you anywhere in the world. <laughs> That's really cool. Free your mind. Oh, Garrett, very cool. Very rare, too. And congratulations not only on getting that diploma, but also that, uh, that pilot, pilot's license. Thank you very much. So um, I know we'll, uh, we'll be tracking with you. So um, any parting words for our listeners on Beyond My Day Job? Uh, I, don't, I don't think so, unless you got something for me. No? Anything I should have asked you that I haven't? Um, uh, you, you pretty much nailed every, everything on the money. <laughs> All right. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, I call him Fly G. He used to be G Money to me, but Fly G is the new moniker that I uh, have bestowed in my mind on this young fellow. Garrett White, it's a blast having you, man. Thanks, Lonnie. All right, see ya. See ya. There is a saying out there that airline pilots fly all over the world. They stay in the finest hotels. They eat the best restaurants. They get to see the coolest sights. And when they get home, their mailbox is stuffed full of money. Now that's true for about 10% of your career. The rest of the time you're dealing with terrorist attacks, uh, bankruptcies, pay cuts, economic downturns, labor strikes, mergers where you get screwed, furloughs. Everybody's gonna get furloughed once probably, you might as well plan on it. I remember calling the union one time when we were in bankruptcy and I found out that the secretary who was answering the phones there was making more money than I was as a dues payer. I felt uh, a little bit miffed about that, but that's just, that's the kind of thing you're dealing with. And last month I went without pay because of a pandemic. I mean, they don't tell you about that in a recruiting manual. So there's some uh, bumps in the road, shall we say with being an airline pilot because you're the tip of the spear. Any little thing goes wrong and people stop flying. Uh, I don't know why that is, but it, it is what it is. So is being an airline pilot a little overrated? Yeah, I would say being an airline pilot is a little overrated. Uh, however, I will also say that it beats working for a living. Interspersed comments by legitimate and anonymous pilot friend of mine. He'll stay legitimate and anonymous. Hopefully my friend too.